Welcome everybody to Dad's Drinking Bourbon. It is Sunday night. This is our first night of really having a live show in addition to the podcast we now have. So we have a podcast that's going to come out earlier in the week. It's going to introduce the, the whiskey that we're going to be drinking later on in the week. That is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that fun stuff. Then here on Sunday night, we're going to have a little bit of a party. We might have some friends show up. Uh, we have two friends here tonight I'm going to introduce. But with me, as always, is Zeke Baker. Say hello, Zeke. Hello. Hello. And with alongside Zeke is our friend Blake. Blake is here. He's been kind of having, this has been like your bourbon Disneyland weekend, hasn't it been? Yeah, it's been the bourbon mecca this weekend. It's been awesome. Um, is this when you want me to talk about it? Well, yeah, go ahead. All go right. ahead and talk about it. All right. So I flew down from Michigan uh, yesterday, landed, checked into the hotel, hopped in the Uber, and I went down to visit Justin over at Carruthers. At Carruthers, uh, I can't tell you enough about the bourbon community and the willingness and givingness and, and just openness of everybody that's in it. He opened up his doors, he opened up his liquor cabinet, and we sampled everything from his Bellmeads to a 1972 uh, Dusty that was just to die for. It was phenomenal. Um, from there, spent a lot of time uh, really just talking and, and shooting the, the bowl with him and um, learned a lot. Uh, Justin, really appreciate the time that you spent. And then um, hopped in a car with one of the guys that was in the store, headed down to uh, Spring Hill. Yep. Is that right? Yep. And visited Tarak over at Elixir Spirits. Spent another two hours sampling stuff and taking home a few more. Um, <laughs> taking home a few more store picks. So, Tarak will do that um, to you. We, we've all been there. Yeah. He, you, you got. Dr I mean, you didn't I got get drunk. But you got in the car with a guy you didn't know. Like, that's I did. the craziest I did. Now, Tarak and Justin both know him. They they vouched for Chandler and said he was a good guy. So, Chandler, if you're listening, thank you for the ride, buddy. Um, I'm sure that in my state we had quite the conversation. Um, but anyway, so I had four hours of straight drinking store picks at the, at the two shops. Uh, and I just packed up six bottles that I'm shipping home uh, tomorrow. So... Uh, it's been, let's see, it was three Bell Meads and three Four Roses picks, so I'm a pretty pretty lucky guy. Chandler, I would have been a little bit more suspect, but um, <laughs> Blake here is a very, very unassuming man. Um, and then next to Blake, we this is kind of capping off uh, Blake's bourbon weekend, but next to Blake we have Josh Miller, otherwise known as the Moody Foodie. Uh, that you might find on Instagram, who yeah. is a food critic, and it's not a, a food blogger critic. Yeah, uh, just I'll eat and have fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. eat and have fun. Eat, pray, love. <laughs> yeah, just <This is> close. <laughs> so it's not often we, we actually have a, you know, a food person on the show, but I think it's interesting to see, you know, the way that you guys look at food opposed to how we see bourbon. It's going to be very interesting to have you do a blind tasting here tonight and kind of take your your palate skills to the the liquid form rather than the uh, the solid form, right? Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, my palate skills are uh, put to the test here and then pass. And and yeah, just like pairing that with with food and seeing how how those match up is is kind of neat from from my end. Yeah. So what do you, how long have you been around? What do you what do you normally do on that? Tell us a little bit about um, you know because now you're primarily on Instagram. You, you dabble on some blogs. You used to do a blog, but but tell us a little bit about what you do on that and how people can find you and uh, everything you have going on because there's a lot of good stuff. 
Um, I'm the Moody Foodie with underscores in uh, in between the words there. Um, on Instagram and uh, on Facebook, I have uh, <clears throat> uh, the website themoodyfoodie.co. Um, I didn't have enough. Apparently, .com was a premium and uh, <laughs> was eighteen hundred. So I opted for the uh, .co. Wait, isn't it like one ninety nine a year <laughs> opposed to ninety nine cents a year? The herb buying the domain .co was twenty bucks, but .com was going to be like eighteen hundred bucks. What? And, wow. and I wasn't quite. Uh, ready for I didn't have the sponsors yet to, to cover that cost um, and then of course do some uh, blogging for, uh, related to some of the different kind of restaurants or events and things that I um, I attend and go to but just like taking good pictures and, and having some fun over there what's what's the best experience you've ever had uh, covering food um, actually a few weeks ago I covered a James Beard celebrity chef tour um, it was on the field for the National Sounds. Um, there was the chef from the Catbird Seat, Ryan Poley, um, actually put it on. Uh, his brother was the beverage director. They brought in chefs from around uh, the country and then some um, really great ones uh, locally. Um, uh, for, uh, Henry Red Red and uh, LaSalle and um, Nikki's Coal Fire. And it was just great. It was really neat, really fun. That was just an awesome, awesome experience. For anybody that knows, I mean, we went to Southern Whiskey Society in August. Uh, there was a lot of down in Franklin. There, the coolest thing about that event, I think it marries kind of the food thing with uh, the whiskey thing. There were so many James Beard either nominated or, or James Beard winners that were there at that event cooking food alongside the, the bourbon and the whiskey. We're really, really excited to go to that next year again because I think all of the people there, um, super solid food. For people that don't know about you know cooking and what the James Beard Award is, it, it's like the Oscars of food awards, right? Right. And you know what's what's just really neat when it's done very well is you taste the food once and you get, you know, its own thing, but then you pair it with a great, you know, wine or, you know, liquor, whatever, and then it kind of opens that up and you kind of try it and see it from a whole kind of new new way and perspective. So the, the pairing really kind of can play um, and take kind of that, that dish or bite, I think, to another le level. And, and everybody wants us to talk about whiskey here in a second, but I, I, I think, you know, bridging the gap, and I want to get what, what Zeke and Blake think about this too, and then we'll get back to this whiskey tasting um, do you think that that's something that, that is going to kind of be a new trend because I think people pair uh, you know wine and food previously and and I think you see a lot of people moving to pairing bourbon and with the you know the different finishes that are put on bourbon and all the other stuff that you can actually get there do you think that that would be you know kind of a new wave of the future I, there there are whiskey sommeliers now um, where, where do you see that go what it's true. There's there's whiskey sommeliers. Just wait till I become one. I just learned what that word meant. But four days ago, John, you were on the group thread. Oh, you well, you know the, the bourbon can can be just as complex as all different kinds of dishes, from you know pork to fish to you know beef or whatever. So I think from that end, you know, an expert who really understands you know the palate and tastes can really pair and um, really make some great I think combinations for people. Do you so Blake? When you go out, do you normally pair 
You know, do you have beer, wine? I mostly beer when I go out. Um, I, I struggled to to pay the prices at the at the restaurants for the bourbon, so I'll pair IPAs with certain things, and I'll pair the stouts with various things. Um, I think that we're going to see a new wave though, because everything's going to get paired. Everything's going to have new opportunities within the bourbon world because this is great, right? What we're doing, yeah. But what's the next step? There's got to be this. We can be eating steak with all this. Yep. There's got to be another level, and so I think the next level is going to be with food, um, and then I think you know it's that store pick thing. Interesting. I disagree completely. Oh, yeah, I, I go the opposite <laughs> way. Um, I, I like to know what I'm tasting. I don't want it to be meddled with, muddled, whatever. Um, I got to dinner at a nice restaurant. Order water. A to some degree, like you said. I don't want to pay the prices when I know what I have at home and, and yeah. what I have invested in that. Then at the same time, if it's truly up to par, it doesn't need a pairing. All I need is water to, to cleanse and refresh what I've had before and, and to allow me to, to taste new again what's coming in. But um, I, I don't like, I, I really stray from the pairings. I, I want to taste everything straight up. If, if I like a, a beer or a spirit, I like that. If I like a food, I like it. But um, but do you feel like the bourbon changes based on your palate and what you've eaten? So if you had something spicy, maybe maybe a rye is not a good pair. So could it be based on what you've had that impacts? Oh no, it can, it can easily change. Yeah. But then if someone asks me, "What do you think about this?" Oh, I thought it was amazing. Well, I'd also had three spicy chicken quesadillas about an hour beforehand. Right. And you have it a day later, straight up, and like, <laughs> you know. Well, <laughs> thank you. Speaking of whiskey pairings, we are pairing whiskeys with whiskey tonight uh, because Zeke and I are on a uh, we're on a mission to make you hashtag rethink how you drink. And if you hadn't heard it earlier this week, I encourage you guys to go download it on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, you can go right to a link in our profile, and then you can actually listen to the podcast. But we talked about. Peerless Rye this week. And if you know anything about us, we like to do blind tastings. And that's exactly what we're going to do tonight with our two friends. And we've opened it up, you know, on the podcast, we only did um, three. Did we do three or four? Did three. three. We did three during the podcast. We are now opening it up to five. We've switched some stuff out for a different reason. We're going to be talking about Kentucky Peerless again. It is a two-year release from uh, Kentucky Peerless Distilling Company up in Louisville. We are now putting it against, we, we did put it up against Barrel Rye earlier in this week. We are now putting in a Whistle Pig Rye. We are putting in a Thomas Handy Rye. And we are also putting in a, um, a Pennington Distilling Company Davidson Reserve Rye. The reason we did that is that is a local craft three-year rye, which is very similar. You know, Peerless is a two-year rye that's coming out from a, a somewhat craft distillery. So we wanted to have that comparison in there. Some of the people here have not had any of these. Uh, some have had some <laughs> of them. This is kind of uh, this is kind of continuing with Blake's uh, Disneyland bourbon <laughs> yeah. weekend. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we we had some things in here that were a little bit different. Uh, some of the things that are a little the same, and and really do a blind tasting and put it to the test. What do you think, Zeke? I think it's a good lineup. Um, we we omitted the Michter's Barrel Strength Rye just simply because 
Uh, we wanted to change it up and have a, a fresh perspective. Um, also, it, its flavor profile wasn't exactly in line with Peerless. Not saying what we added may or may not be, uh, but you know, it's fun to change it up, give some different perspectives. And again, you know, that, that, that's where we like to put things in the true scope of is just blinding it all, ranking it, and then going from there. Exactly. So what we're going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about this rye while we're getting going. Zeke's going to talk a little bit about it as well. While we're doing that, I am going to let these guys, and I should have given them, um, I should have given them a pen. Do you still have the pen over there? This is this is what happens when we do things live. Yeah, sorry, we we had a little nope. bit of a, a madhouse between um, pours, chats, guests, pours, pours, <laughs> chats, and uh, John we, trying to set up frantically while yelling at everyone to speak into the mic to get their notes. <laughs> and and nobody um, wanted to speak there, into the mics for me. There is a comment on the three year will it small batch being included. We talked about it and we even almost did it uh, on the podcast. Obviously, I'm usually a fan of anything Willet. Um, it, it's just a different flavor profile. It, it's very rye forward, no matter the proof and whether it's a blend of the high rye or lower rye yield. But um, it, it just, it didn't flow with this. So that's why we really kept it out of it. Um, we'll, we'll probably revisit it at some point. But I, I think there was a big difference, right? And and in that Willet three year, I think I think it's pretty safe to say that Kentucky Peerless um, is is for me it's better than the three year Willet. And and I know Which well, is it's a it's a completely different mash bill and it's its flavor profile is so different that at least for John and I both having had it multiple times before it would be tough to throw in a blind simply because it would stand out and we would know it almost seemingly uh, It would regardless. be very easy for you and I to pick out a Willet considering how many, you know, we, we do drink Willet a lot. You more so than me. Um, one of the good things about Zeke and I is, you know, my wheelhouse is going to be more Buffalo Trace, um, you know, Buffalo Trace, Heaven Hill, things like that. Um, you know, you are much more of the Willet Brown Foreman, that type of thing, and and that balances us out a little bit. Um, but I think Zeke would have been able to figure out what the Willet was, and it, it. We wanted to kind of put it up against something else. I think we we talked about putting it up against the Willet Five Year. We we thought about putting it up against the Willet Nine Year. One of the reasons we didn't put it up against the Willet Nine Year is because that barrel 109 of the Willet Nine Year is so it tastes so much like dill pickles. We could pick that back, you know, we could pick yeah. that bottle on and, anything. And, and, and both of these guys got to experience that earlier, so I, I think they'll both chime in across the board that although it is a very amazing barrel and a great flavor, it is so unique. It, Blinding it doesn't even even hide it by any means, and that's something Blake had never he he mentioned, and I'm not trying to get him off of uh, his tasting and, and giving notes, but he mentioned that that was something that he's never had a whiskey that tasted like pickles before, not at all, um, ever. But if you if you haven't 
you know, if you haven't listened to our podcast from earlier in the week, we hope you do. A couple things we we did want to reintroduce with this Peerless Rye. Um, you know, it's cast strength. It's non-chill filtered. It is only two years old. It comes off the still at 132 proof, but it is barrel proof at 107. That is what it is after the two years that it's been put in there. It's not watered down. It's 61% rye, 8% barley, and 31% corn. And one of the interesting things about this, uh, Zeke, and I know you have some more fun packs too, it is a sweet mash opposed to a sour mash. So what that means is when everything comes off the cookers, they, they completely drain out the cookers, they take everything out, they sanitize it, um, and they have to do a whole thing. They think it's more consistent after every run to do it that way, uh, but also you have to do it that way. Blake's dying over here, by the way. <laughs> You, you nose it, don't snort it. This is not an illegal substance. Um, but you... you <laughs> it's so damn good, though. I know. Well, it is. It down. It's very good. I'm saving some. <laughs> I want to I retry once I hear um, what, it, what they actually are. But, but feel free to do that. But it is, you know, they completely wash out the cooker after every run, which is not something that happens all the time. Yeah, and, and I think part of that... From what I can find, it's, um, it seems to be they have to do it with a sweet mash to simply keep bacteria from growing. Otherwise, the entire yield can be a waste. Um, so what we could gather earlier on and kind of mentioned again was that for this Peerless release, there's three batches which predominantly hit the stores. They seem to have very unique profiles, which... I don't know, I guess it may go against the whole theory or premise behind the uh, you know, sweet mash concept of being more consistent. But from what we could find, uh, it says that uh, one profile should be a very fruit forward, the next is very tobacco forward, and the latter of the three expresses baking spice and molasses. That being said, there also are some single barrels that do exist. I've had some friends that had those and, and literally they, they raved about them. I think that was before John and I really jumped on board and even fathomed getting a bottle. Uh, just people that both of us take their opinion yeah. pretty highly all said, look, I was at this or that event. I tried it. I immediately bought one. Granted, they were single barrels again and... But it's really good. I mean, that's the thing is that we had people that that told us, and and we'll be very upfront with you. It's what we said during the podcast. The hundred and twenty, uh, the hundred and twenty dollar price tag for Peerless is very daunting, and it's something that that a lot of people look at and say, "I don't know if I'm going to go spend that money." That was the biggest thing that we had against actually buying it. I think we had so many people that came back and said to us, "Yeah, I know." But and at the same time, the people that we had these opinions from got single barrels, which to put in perspective, at least in my world, say you walk in the store and you get a Knob Creek off the shelf or Four Roses off the shelf or even Rare off the shelf. Is it anywhere near what a store pick is? Can I have my pen back? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. John totally botched the question, but I know what his answer would have been is no. 
so, no. So the fact that there are single barrel variants out there, and depending on who you talk to, they may have had one. Take that into perspective, especially if they paid the same price. Uh, I know most of us are used to paying the same price for a store pick and anything else, and that's you know very much a benefit to it. So in the same realm, if there's a single barrel of this product, it may be very, very much different from anything you or your friends have had if it is one of the three small batches variants that exist. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's something that you, you know, when it is a single barrel, even within those single barrels, that's going to be a different, um, that's going to be a different taste profile within each one of those. Um, so you guys have been, while, while Zeke and I have been talking here about the Peerless, you guys have been nosing, you've been tasting, um, you know, you don't, there's no right or wrong answers here. You don't even have to guess on what it is. It's really just what we want to know is before you actually guess what it is, we want you to know, or we want to know kind of what characteristics are you getting from any of these? Which one is your favorite? You know, which one do you like more than others? Um, somebody ripped out a piece of paper and I don't know where the list is right now that I had. <laughs> I did it and I gave it back to you. Yeah, but where do you, I don't know why you, you had to rip out my paper, but I have the Zeke's answer key somewhere. So Zeke, uh, you for a second, try to figure out, uh, which ones they had and, and, and referee that for a second. How am I going to, oh. All right, so I'm figuring out what you guys had based on your notes. All right, this should be fun. Oh, no, 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 no. You're, yeah, you're say, you're up the creek with that yeah. one. No, no, no. You're asking them which ones they liked more, and asking them how to rank. You know what they ranked it one through five, and then they will tell each other what they were. So you don't have to say Whoa. which what they are. I'm still confused, but okay. So never mind. Fire, fire away, starting the. In the, in the far corner. So, so, Josh, you go first and you tell me characteristics out of the five that you had, you know, a, maybe, you know, 10 seconds on each of them, you know, what you got on the nose, on the palate, um, on the finish, and then kind of say uh, which one you liked mo the most out of all of those. All right. Um, my number one, I thought was a bit uh, spicy, really kind of, I thought, hit the nose right off the bat, um, but it was still pretty smooth. Um, my, the number two, just, I don't know, the, the, there was something a little different about it. I just didn't quite care for the number two. Um, number three was my favorite, for sure. Uh, four, I thought was uh, just really good and smooth, uh, vanilla. And you know, number five, I thought was just kind of Baseline, it didn't really jump out much one way or the other. And any any food context here? <laughs> I only ask because John and I we we don't dive a whole lot into spice and other food contextual things, other than like it reminded me of a uh, a s'mores or something. Mm -hmm. We're pretty basic, so I, I would just love to hear the perspective in that regards. I mean, you know, I I, I got, you know, you're, I, I understand and agree, would agree with your point as far as, you know, letting the food stand on its own and, you know, be its own thing. Um, you know, I'll always like when I do, you know, sometimes pairing a bourbon with a steak. Um, I find maybe those kind of, you know, maybe go well together depending on, you know, some of the other what it factors. But, um, 
So, no, I'm just kind of interested to see what, what I ended up picking out here. So did you just get a, a final ranking, which we'll, we'll ask later, but, but did you come up with one? I, oh, I can make one, yeah. Okay. Um, three, three was my favorite. Five was the... Two or five probably was the, the low, low there. So, Blake, what was his what was his three? Excuse me. Oh, he put it in his pocket for <laughs> safekeeping. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to do with it. Did you, did you find Zeke's? I did. Okay, good. All right, number three was Whistlepig. Hmm. So Whistlepig was your favorite. Yeah. What was uh? Um, what was number two number, and five were his least favorite? Number right? or, yeah. Two was the Davidson, and five was the Peerless. Yeah. Interesting. So that is that is from a food critic right there. And then what was um? What was number four for him? Handy. So Handy was in the middle. For and then probably number one was probably the second one. Uh, that's. The barrel? Yeah, barrel. The barrel. So it was the whole rundown? Sorry. Yeah. So the one he liked the best was the whistle pig. Then he <laughs> liked the barrel. Pig, yeah, barrel. Then the handy. And then handy, yeah. uh, know, Pennington yeah. and Peerless were at the very... Okay. So he, so, did, he didn't like the... It's a strange range. Well, he did... I mean, if you think about it, he really didn't like the young, the younger rise. I guess that's, the that's where it kind of fell. Yeah. You said barrel was the top, right? Yeah, how, but it's a four-year, but then Davidson and Peerless, it was three and two. So but Barrel's four, Handy's at least six, and the Whistlepig's ten. Yeah, so he liked Whistlepig the best. His youngest were at the bottom, and his oldest were at the top. No, no, that, that how are you confused? And I, do, I do like, I mean, those those types of, I tend to gravitate towards those kind of anyway, so that kind of made sense Yeah, so he, I saw it play out. He liked the older rise the best, mm-hmm. and he liked the younger rise the least. Zeke. Okay. So, uh, Blake, you you tell us a little bit about the ones you had. Uh, which ones did you like the best? Which ones did you like the least? And then Josh will tell you, um, as he's crumpling up a paper, uh, Josh will tell you what <laughs> what they <laughs> were. I can see it. Okay, um, I'm going to start out with the with my number four. Um, I got spicy with fruit on the nose. It was fresh apples, um, and I wrote down the nose is quite fruity. For me, that was my third third favorite. Um, my favorite was number five, which had a sweet nose, fruity. I said it was awesome. Um, I got smells like candy. Uh, it was really oily on the mouthfeel. I thought it was great. Um, then the next one was vanilla. Got some syrup with it. This is the one I think is actually barrel. Uh, it, it felt like a, the, let's see, I've had the barrel batch 11 on the bourbon side. It was a very similar oily mouthfeel. I could totally be wrong on that, but that's what it reminded me of. Then we had one with a really weak nose. It tasted like grass. Um, it was really natural tasting, so I'm going to go with that being maybe the youngest one. Not a ton of spice on it. Um, and then my last one was a younger, lower rye content, vanilla notes on the nose, but it just didn't really impress. So, 
So which one? Which one did you like the best? Which one did you like the least? My number one was was my number five, which was actually Whistle Pig. So Whistle Pig. <laughs> now it's important we should mention this Whistle Pig is not a Canadian source dry. This is an MGP Whistle Pig. Uh, this is not a Canadian Whistle Pig. I know that that will get some people upset. Um, this Whistle Pig kind of comes in at eighty dollars. If you think about the prices of these things, Whistle Pig. <coughs> Excuse me, Whistle Pig Barrel are going to come in about 80 bucks. The Pennington is going to come in at about 60 bucks. The Peerless is going to come in at $120. And the Handy is probably going to be, what was the Handy retail, like 100 It was late than that. I don't remember what it should charge me. Uh, it was like 100 to 120 for the, you know, for, for retail for the, the Handy. I mean, if I'm if I'm buying one based off of taste and price, I think I'm gonna probably go back to that whistle pig again. Which is which is very very interesting. Um, I'm giving Zeke Sorry. giving Zeke some time to to I'm nose and to taste nose here. Shot we glass, I guess, <laughs> well, that's all right. We we still have some discovery to do for my list. Yeah. yeah. Which, so, one, which one do you want to find? Oh, out keep about? talking about yeah, the rest of the number list. Number one. What's two? Yeah. Um, number two is number three. Number three was Peerless. Huh. All right, so Peerless number two. And that's the one. one that I said had a great mouth. Oh, is that both two of them more now? That's yeah. because you put the heavy hitters here. Um, <laughs> I'm next, by the way. <laughs> they, they just broke Zeke's first. Neither one of them dropped. Sorry, but and, and it, it is before people. It is not. It is a private pick. Uh, ten-year whistle pig. It's not. It's the base ten-year. <laughs> But it is a private pick. It wasn't necessarily a store pick. It's a private pick. No, it, it never went to market. It was a private pick. Um, private pick. Sorry, but it is not Canadian. It's MGP. I wasn't trying to edit this that much, and everybody's really <laughs> trying to make me do a lot of work on this one. At any rate, I do think it's a nice change of pace that both had the whistle pig at one, whereas Peerless fell pretty far down here but came in number two. Um, what was your low? What so, was your last well, no, elaborate on the peerless again since it's such a drastic difference. I think it's fun to hear the, the different perspective and flavor. Yeah. I mean, that, that ultimately gets us back to the, the other point, though, right? Everybody needs to do blind tastings on their own because there are some things that you know one person is going to really like, some things another person isn't going to like. And that's the, the greatest thing about doing a blind tasting is you're taking that bias out of it beforehand. And you're just kind of saying, what do I like better? What do I like the least? And then we'll we'll get to it, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out what we do like the best. Yeah, I said it was like maple syrup. Was yeah. that the, the peerless that or was that? That was the, the peerless. Yeah. Um, oily mouthfeel, nice overall sweetness to it. I don't know where, I don't remember from your show. I, I don't keep numbers very well. What's the Rikan content on... The Peerless. You're making me go back to an earlier page. Um, I didn't rip that one out. It's 61% rye. Okay. No worries. It's 61% rye, um, 8% barley, and then it is 31% corn. Okay. All right. So, cool. My number three was my number four. That was Davidson. So, you like Davidson third. Now, Davidson is a, a interesting. It is a local pick. Mm -hmm. Out of out of Nashville or a local distillery out of Nashville, uh, it is a hundred proof. It's a hundred percent rye, 
which is the the cool thing about that. It's pot. Uh, I'm getting so close here. It's pot distilled. It is a hundred percent rye, and it is a three-year rye single barrel out of uh, Pennington Distillery in the nation, to Nashville, Tennessee. The interesting thing about this one is that I actually got to taste this with Tarak from Elixir Spirits. We we put three of the barrels side by side. We liked this one just because of the notes that it had on it. It was a little bit different than the other ones that were there. Um, but there were there were three different barrels that they were releasing that night, and, and I was lucky enough to be able to taste them with him. So I am cool. probably, the more that we go through this, I am probably not going to get to taste. But it's okay, because I have the three of you, and I can... You didn't taste any of these? I, I'm, I'm busy doing well, all this Go ahead, stuff. taste some. I'm, I'm working on mine. And have you gone through the whole nope. list yet? We got a couple more to go still. All right. Drink, baby. Number one, I said was younger, lower rye content, vanilla notes. It was number four. Number uh, number one. Number one is barrel rye. <laughs> so, what the notes so, again? <laughs> no, this is fun. Like a, I, I said that it was younger, lower rye content, had some vanilla notes on the nose. No, that, that, that that's spot on. It's, yep. it's a blend of, of two ryes, one of which is, is 51% rye, 49% barley. Then it says mixed with a Tennessee rye, which that's either Jack Daniels or Dickel, which Dickel is still MGP. They just bring it back and charcoal filter it, age it, still MGP. Um, but there's no, I guess, information given as to where the ratio is, mm -hmm. but if you take the 51 to 49 and say it's seemingly cut with a decent amount of dickel rye, where the barley should drop to, to me, I found mid, mid pot to finish between the peerless and the barrel, almost identical. I really did. Cool. When we, we did them blind earlier in the week, the noses were, were different. Mm -hmm. But mid palate to finish, yeah. I, I thought they were spot on. Just like I, I couldn't tell the difference. Now we do have a question from the audience. You know, is doing 120 proof, having one of those, and then going and having something that's lower proof, is that skewing our results at all? You know, we do make sure that we have water here. In a true tasting, we would probably have some crackers too to cleanse the palate. Well, it is not. Is it's not perfect. What? And everything cask? No, not every... Uh, Davidson is, is 100. Peerless is 107. Um, what is that whistle pig that Was you that had? a Monty question? It's 120. I mean, nothing, nothing climbs that high. <laughs> I say 100 120. You're not really dealing with extraordinarily high. I mean, it's not Stag Jr. It's not <coughs> Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. It, it's not something that's going to send you to where your whole mouth puckers mm -hmm. up. And at the same time, it's not an 86 proofer that no matter how good it is, if you've had one of these, your, your taste buds are just shot. Yet, yes, you should keep it in the same realm and or, as John said, really drink a lot of water. But all these pours, you're looking at a quarter to a half ounce. It's nothing deep and, and by no means one or two fingers. It's a tasting. There is a difference than going in and have a pour of this or that. All you really need is a nip of the nose, 
um, one or two splashes on the palate, and you, you, you know what you're working with for the most part. Yeah. So I guess to say that this is truly a blind test, Handy was my number five. Which is, yes. there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's the one that I said. said it tasted grassy. There was a really natural earthiness to it that just did not, it just didn't do it for me. So, <coughs> so that's where I'm, that's where I stand. So, one, five. So, Whistlepig, one, three, was Peerless. So, that was my number two. Davidson was my third, so I'm going to have to go back and try that one. And then Barrel, and then Handy. So it must be, it must be, inter you know, it's interesting for me that we had that will at 109 before we got on here because I'm just tasting pickles, pickles <laughs> on everything. So I'm having trouble because everything I'm tasting, I'm just like, wow, this tastes like pickles. I didn't think this tasted like pickles earlier. Um, but Zeke, I'll, I'll go through this a little bit. My, my note on the first one I had was pickles. My note on my second one I had was pickles. Um, no, the, the first one was um, pickles. It had some natural grass. It was, you know, a, a little bit astringent, you know, and, and that grassy, it wasn't, it's not like, uh, when I say grass, it's not like a cut your lawn grass. It's like, um, it's just kind of, it's floral, but not in a, not in a flowery. It is like um, more almost not earthy, but yeah, it's not earthy, but it, it's kind of like Nate, you know, it smells like you're outside, mm -hmm. um, you know, like you're in Grandpappy's meadow. And there's is that your handy? No, so I, I don't know. Um, number two, I, I did get a little bit of pickle on that. Number four was very, <laughs> uh, but number four was very vanilla for me. Five was very, very refreshing. I want to go back to number three. Again, it might be for me. No, three was not. Three, I think, was. Um, I thought four was barrel. I thought. Um, I thought four was barrel. I probably liked five the best. I would go five, one, two. Five one two four three, just to speed this up a little bit. Five was the whistle pig. Okay, what was next? I said five one two four three. One was peerless. Okay, what's next? Two, <laughs> Davidson, and then four barrel. And then three. Oh, your favorite buddy, all handy. <laughs> so, so Blake, I was with you. I did. You know, we had Whistle Pig number one. We had um, we had Peerless as number two. We had you know Handy is the last, right? Davidson was was both three for. But I think that you know I think what I get from that, and if there are things that I'm taking and from from all of this, is that. If we have, um, you know, if we have a craft distillery here in Nashville, Tennessee, that is putting stuff out at sixty dollars, and and you know, a bottle of the Davidson Reserve Rye is sixty dollars, that is coming in and it's beating out. I mean, at least for me, that's beating out Handy, 
uh, you know, the Peerless at $120 versus, and I, I kind of want to do a side-by-side -side of that Peerless and the Davidson because that is the most interesting thing to me that those are, you know, that those are kind of right, you know, the, the Davidson is half the price of the Peerless. I think the Peerless is very, very, very good. I think Zeke kind of threw a wild card at us because that Whistle Pig is not just your regular pick of Whistle Pig. That is mm -hmm. coming from somebody in the bourbon community that we trust that went and did a private pick on that. So that is an extra special Whistle Pig. That's just yeah, and even then, um, two picks came out of that and coming into it I was told that they were both rye but they were by no means identical even MGP and the other bottle which I didn't bring it's similar to the 109 will it, it it's pickles forward obviously MGP has a plethora of mash bills juice and options available for the best um, non-labeled company, distiller, whatever you want to call it. I mean, how many people are they really supporting? I mean, shit. Hey, it happens. He just wants me to put that explicit thing on <laughs> You know? All right, anyway, I'm not going to rank these, but I, I want to know what the, this order was. So, so you tell me, well, you rank them first. You tell me what you... I'm not ranking that. I just want to know if I got these right. Okay. I got one as the handy. Correct. Two is whistle pig. Correct. Three is barrel. Wrong. Four is peerless. Wrong. Five is Davidson. You have the peerless and the barrel mixed up <laughs> like you did no, before. I know. I, I and that's what we did when we did the podcast yeah. together. Those two are very, very close, and they're they're very, very tough to to figure out. Um, you know, if you were going to rank those, I mean, what I wanted to get was your your pure unbiased ranking before you before you you actually picked or knew what they were. But what do you actually think these are? Now, ranking wise, I can tell you at the bottom, I, I still am not a fan of the handy. For whatever reason, Davidson was somewhat tough to me on this one. Um, I don't know. It was, it, it, some part of it was, was tough. It could have been not having enough water. So you put, probably put Peerless up a little bit higher than you did the other night. I have a really hard time discerning the difference between barrel and peerless. But which one? So you probably, if I were guessing your ranking, you're going to go whistle pig, and then the barrel and peerless are interchangeable, then the Davidson, then the handy. That would be correct. So let's talk about that, guys, for a minute, because we have a couple minutes. We don't have a whole bunch of time, but we have, we have a few minutes. We have about 15 minutes left. Zeke and I wanted to talk about a glass. We might push that. We would love to talk about the cradle glass. I think it's interesting. We can introduce it, but we're having a good conversation with a couple of guests. Um, you know, how do you feel about a hundred and twenty dollar rye or just a hundred and twenty dollar whiskey coming out? I mean, Josh, you kind of dabble in it on the side. Blake, you're more hardcore on the bourbon. You know, how do you guys feel as from the casual fan and and then the the real big bourbon fan and and Blake I know you're newer to it as well right but mm -hmm. you're but you're in you dove in with with 
With two feet, two arms, four credit head. cards. Um, but how do you guys feel about something coming out at one hundred and twenty dollars in three? You know, it's a it's a two year ride. Um, there's a lot of stuff that that goes into that, right? Yeah, uh, there is. I mean, I, w- I want to know that that's you know uh, worth worth the price for you know the investment there. But you know, I think it's real interesting to kind of strip it all down to you know just the the drink in the glass and evaluate it kind of that way and not based off of you know marketing bottle distiller those kinds of things and and it's kind of if you think about what peerless does they put a lower entry proof into the barrel mm-hmm. so when it goes into the barrel at 107 it actually costs them more because they have to have more barrels to to house everything they're going to have less evaporation that way but they have more barrels they're going to have more overhead each one of those barrels is taxed so the more barrels they have the more taxes they're paying the more cost it takes and i think people don't really take uh capitalism into this as much as it you know as much as they should and if you think about you know josh and i both lived in lexington together and we both worked in radio and uh um, you know, back in the day, and one of the things that I did for that radio station was the horse racing radio network, and and it's like horse racing. People don't understand. They think horse racing is going to the track, and they think horse racing is just that race during the day. They don't realize that horse racing is really more about the breeding, mm-hmm. and that's where all the money is. So they race. Racing is a means to an end. And everything that goes into it is, is more planned out well, to say. So even if you grasp that, and sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, no, go but ahead. We're, we're, we're slim on time, but it is a really good we're product. We're not too slim. We got 10 minutes. We're good. It is a really good product. It's really enjoyable. But obviously for a competitor that's seemingly <coughs> what we all found to be almost identical in nose and palate at $40 less... Okay, one sources, so they're probably not making as much money. The other did it the hard way; they're doing a different mash, etc. This very old factory method. But if people are buying it at this price point, who's to say once they go from the red to the black, is it suddenly going to drop, or are they going to say, <laughs> "No, folks been buying this shit hand over foot for two years. Who cares?" If we're finally making more money, they're paying for it. Let's keep going. That's so, where I worry. And and that that was Zeke's point, right? Is is if this comes out as a two year ride, Peerless is planning on having a four year bourbon come out. What is that four year bourbon going to cost? If they're doing the same thing that they're doing before, but you know, my whole point and the horse racing analogy is that is that really it's because they're spending that money. You know, some of the things that, that go into, say, the stud fee, when it's $100,000 for a stud fee, that is because of the work that they're doing. You know, they're paying for the trainer. They're paying for the, the barn. They're paying for, you know, all of the overhead that goes into that to eventually get that product. That is kind of Peerless's argument is that we are we are spending the money going into this, making a, a different, you know, we're making a different mash. We're putting it in at a different proof for well, you. It, it makes sense, but once you go from red to black, is there something going to be a discount? Like, can we take all these empty bottles and, and change them in? <laughs> I got eight empties. I need a forty-five dollar discount. 
So, so Blake, what do you cents, think about We that? get 10 cents a beer bottle, you know, to recycle. No, I'm just saying, like, no, but I, I get it. And, it, it. and if you're coming into the marketplace at this entry point, you, you, you really are cutting yourself off from consumers. It's like Walmart, Amazon, whatever. I mean, you have lost leaders in every part of revenue. Right. You take a hit for the longevity. At 120, you're, you're not taking a hit for longevity. You're giving the finger to the majority of people that aren't going to pay for a bottle. So, Zeke, your point is that your point is you think that they should have done a longer play. So they they didn't really look at you know, and, and I don't know what their no, books no, no, are. No, I don't say it's an age play. I say it's a better price point play. No, but I'm saying I'm saying so an age like where's their ROI? And I don't want to get too dorky on here, but if you're looking at it from a business standpoint. Where's their ROI? They probably have projections of what they're going to sell and where they would get, as you were saying, from you know from the red to the black. Exactly. But if you know going in, you're not going to source. You're doing your own thing. You have to have the financial means in place to do that and people that have the faith in you for that. You don't suddenly punt the ball at fourth and one from the 20 when you're trying to score with 10 seconds left. Yeah. But that being said, I think that there's you know, there's something to be said about you think Four Roses now put their their limited edition small batch out at one hundred and thirty dollars. You have Kentucky Owl coming out at one hundred and thirty dollars. You had Owl Young coming out at you know one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty dollars, depending on where you got it. Like, yeah. is the price you know is this on point with where the prices are moving forward, or is the market going to have to correct? Like in capitalism, the market's just going to have to stay away from this stuff. But would anybody ever stay away from going and buying something, you know, in in retail if they can, avoiding secondary? Well, at the same time, all right, so the other labels you mentioned, Four Roses, very established. Kentucky Owl, very hyped, getting more and more established. Well, I mean, if you think about what Kentucky Owl Park is going to be, the backing of Constellation Brands. Comer, I mean, you want to bring people in. Say you You come in low, get people on board. You take a hit on every Mm. bottle the first year. The fact you're not sourcing, you know, you know, you're in the red. Mm -hmm. Get people hooked. They'll keep buying over and over and over. Whereas you see a sticker. I mean, you said you're a truck. I'm sure he poured that for you. Yeah. Well, damn, this is amazing. (laughs) He said, how much is it? Uh, I'll take the Four Roses pick. I didn't even look at pricing until... (laughs) And and honestly, my credit card got declined when when we were there. (laughs) But but it was purely over fraud fraud protection. That was fraud protection, I promise. So I got a couple of things here. And and my my main point here was taken that Buffalo... Or the, the Four Roses and... I don't know who the other one was that we just had discussed. They're established. Peerless is brand new. They're growing. I'm okay paying 60. I'm okay paying 75 for a new company to get up and running. But when it comes to the first year, the first opportunity, and they're putting out a $120 bottle, you're pricing a heck of a lot of people out of the market. Yeah, I mean, America loves to support local. Even if it's not local, we all love yeah. it. Like, that, 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 that's a trend now. So it's, Nate in the comments actually did some, you know, he said something. Uh, there, there's two points that, you know, I think we equate everything to Four Roses store picks, whether or not it's rye or whether or not, you know, or we're going to mm-hmm. equate things to Michter's Barrel Proof or Pikesville or something like that. So I think... You know, I kind of look at that and say, I can go get, 
three Pikesville, or I could get two Michter's yeah. Barrel Proof and and spend that same amount of money. My mom told me one time when I first became a manager, she told me, um, you can always loosen, but you can never tighten up. And, and Nate brought that up at the same thing. You know, if you have a staff and you have people that are reporting to you, it's a lot easier to loosen the mm-hmm. reins than it is to tighten the reins after you've been a little bit lax before. Yeah. Same thing is going to happen here with price, right? If they came in, look at what happened with bookers. Look at what happens with some of these things. Makers, you know, they talked about we're going to cut Well, they were going to cut the yeah. So when you do something like that, so St. Peerless comes in at 120 and they do get to the red, or they do get out of the red, and then they drop it down to 100. Say they were to do that, it's a lot easier to do that. They're not going to do it because if people were buying it for 120, they're going to keep it there. But you're never going to be able to get to that 120 price point if you're them. I'm not saying I love it. I'm saying from a business point of view and from a strategy point of view, I get it. I'd probably do something similar to it. Um, but for but, my, as a, but as a consumer, I also avoid that product. I and that's what I, I want to know. I'm not right? going to notice that it's $100 versus the $120. I'm going to remember you came out at $120. It's out of my market, and I'm just never going to look at it again. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to take this back to the to the real bourbon whiskey side of things. Am I going to buy a Parker's in a Parker's Eleven? It's 135, 140 dollars. When you I should, could, it's amazing. When I could buy a McKenna for 35. <clears throat> Which which it, is it a hundred dollars better? Well, no, that that that's why we love all this, obviously. Yep, and, and so and that's, that's why we love doing the the blind side by side. And right? I'll say I have bought three Parkers, I've traded two, and I've got one waiting for me to buy. <laughs> so that doesn't. You know, mean, we all spend money on bottles, but I, I, again, like it, it just circles back to right. look. You're young. You, you you're, you're getting your toes wet. Don't scare anybody off. Even if you're still losing a little bit or hedging, so gain a following. We're all here for the long haul, right. and we've all got at least forty years of drinking left behind us. And how many bottles is that over time? I hope I do. I'm hedging forty. I okay, <laughs> I go for I go for the under. I, I like to right. I like to exceed, not underperform. So, with the last five minutes we have left, right? Go across the room. I think I know what Josh's answer is compared, you know, where it was on his, you know, on his uh, list. But would you buy, would you buy Peerless at 120, yes or no? Uh, I would not. Blake, would you buy it at 120, yes or no? I would not. Zeke, would you buy it at 120, yes or no? Oh, I bought it at 120, <laughs> which is why we have it here. So, there, you know. Um, That's market research. It is. It is. You gotta. You gotta spend money to make money, right? And no, it, but you honestly, don't know until you know. Yeah. It. It really is a. It's an amazing product, especially in the realm of two years. I, I don't know where else you're gonna find something that good. It's a two-year product. Again, we're we're all drinkers. We're we're not here for whistles and pigs or something. Sorry, I was gonna say an off color, but I was afraid. Well, no, but I'll, I mean, I'll be the first to tell I'm going you for off color. But at any rate, it's a two year product, but it, it's good. But still, just just build a following. Let it, let us buy your product and enjoy it for as long as we can or want to. Yeah. Just don't rub rub it harsh to begin with. <laughs> 
<laughs> on that note, I'm just going to say that uh, my problem is that curiosity always kills the cat with me. I, I'm going to want, if I don't have access to go to a bar and get it, if I don't have, you know, and that's ultimately what, what we want to talk about is, is, you know, is it worth, is it worth going and spend your money on it? Um, you know, I think I get curious more so than Zeke. Zeke is very established and he will, he will try, you'll try something before you go buy it. You know, because of because of what you have access to, or you'll go get a sample from somebody, or you will, you know, I'll I'll just go, I'll go dive in. John, I ask people, it's simple. yeah, but I don't. I just go buy it. I'm like, hey, I but, saw it out. John, yeah, like, hey, John, I saw this whistle pig that was finished in white wine. It's 82 proof. <laughs> I think it's gonna be really good. I never say something that's 82 proof. <laughs> <laughs> But, John, do you think the better question instead of would you buy it is would you buy it again? Um, I like it. I I don't think I could spend $120 yeah, on it mean, again. No, no one did not like it. And that, yeah. Across the board and, and across lots of boards and we all conversate with plenty of people. No one has said this isn't bad. It, it's really good. It's just you're a young brand and you're a brand. You want to hook people. Hook us in at 70 I mean, even that's somewhat high, but hook it there. Fair, Lose fair a little point. Bit. You could even get 80. You could even get 80. I think that's yeah. one of the things that I mean, the hook, people hook, hook know. people right there, and you've got a, a brand following for life. I mean, and, and we in whiskey, bourbon, whatever is loyal. We'll come like back like on again. Like. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke's very fired up, but we're running out of time here. So in the last minute... Josh, where can everybody find you on Instagram? Uh, the Moody Foodie. Uh, go follow. Good stuff. It's the underscore Moody yes. underscore Foodie. Um, Blake, where can everybody find you on Instagram? You can find me at bourbon.cbj.sparty. If you can remember all that. Just lots of periods. Lots of underscores and periods <laughs> in this group. Zeke, where can they find us now that now that we have a podcast? Where, the, where can they find us? Well, they can find us probably on the back porch of this house with cigars and more bourbon very quickly if John can get lighting and whatever set up. But but they Otherwise, can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. They can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. You can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads. You can find me personally on Facebook or on Instagram at suburban underscore dad, S-U-B-O-U-R-B-O-N underscore dad. Thank you guys very much for, for spending time with us. Zeke obviously has had too much to drink. So we're no, no, no. I, spent a week, I spent a weekend with in-laws and I was cut off. <laughs> I probably had too much. I, I'm at like 20%. I, I'm just getting wound back up. Every, we, we did the, the live ended, guys. But we are just wrapping up. Thank you very, very much for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Blake, thank you very much for coming down. Josh, thanks for, for coming over. Oh, thanks, Josh. We hope it's not the last time you no, come over. I'll be back. Yeah. Um, but everybody, make sure you go follow us. Give us a five-star review. Uh, make sure you put in a review there. That's what keeps us going. And thank you very, very much for joining. Zeke and I will see you later on this week. Cheers. Ciao. See ya. Rethink how you drink. Hashtag. <laughs>